3: This here is the Shutdown Fullcast, the only college football podcast um, ever, and we are joined tonight by Stephen White of SB Nation, former Tennessee Volunteers lineman, uh, played seven years in the NFL. Say hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. <laughs> nailed nailed the <that> dad joke. Excellent. <laughs> we also have with us Andy Staples of Sports Illustrated, uh, as also an SEC lineman, Um who played? No, uh, how, how many no, how We, many, how we many don't get NFL was it, Andy?
1: Uh, that would be zero, and played in zero college games, but served as a tackling dummy on a team. So we're not even going to compare any sort of football careers because I'm nobody.
2: <laughs> so. You you have your own achievements, achievements, Andy. You have nothing to be ashamed of. I'm proud. Well, of you. there was there was the time I ate the
1: three pound burger and then dessert to win the t shirt, but that's that's pretty much See? it.
2: That's that's more than Vanderbilt does in some years. <laughs> that's important. That's a good point. See, I'm hi- I'm here just to make people feel better.
3: Um, see, see, all the all these SEC East people on this show, we we can all laugh about Vanderbilt
0: here. <laughs> if you can't laugh about Vanderbilt, you must have went to Vanderbilt. That's all I can. <laughs> no, 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 and here and, has and, and then. And- and then you're just laughing at our paychecks if
1: you're that guy. Oh. Yeah, yeah.
3: No one here had the SATs to go to Vanderbilt. <laughs> I, I'm going to assume. <laughs> that's
1: that's a, I actually, I, I actually I actually got into Vanderbilt, but yeah, wow. didn't want to. Okay, well, okay, I'm just talking about myself. That's fine. That's right.
0: This podcast I was is back when they had Jared Denardo. I was like, nah. <laughs>
2: so as you, as anybody who's followed this podcast or any of us on Twitter can guess, we're here mostly to talk about. Lineman stuff, Piesman stuff. If you don't know what uh, the Piesman is, oh boy, how did you wander into this podcast? What were you what were you trying to download? And I hope 99% Invisible is as good as it sounds, because this is not that. Um, so we're just going to start with... Man, we got a lot of good questions tonight. This is one mostly addressed to Steve. This comes from Jordan Stewart at Dear Burly Man appropriately on twitter uh steve and and andy may have an answer for this as well uh what's the most memphis thing you've ever
0: seen oh my goodness um no it (laughs) that's kind of hard to say to be honest with you because it's hard to really get into the the essence of memphis if you're not actually in memphis okay like from the outside looking in, you can kind of think that Memphis is like Houston or Atlanta or some other southern cities, but but Memphis is kind of, it's got its own thing going. And so it's hard to say. I mean, you know, we got the Gold Grills, but we also still have the Jerry Curls. you love barbecue. Everybody just, you know, likes to have a good time. So, um, you know, uh, what was that movie? Uh <clears throat> The one with uh, Whoop That Trick was in... (laughs) Hustle and Flow? Hustle and Flow. flow. If if I'm really homesick, I'll put Hustle and Flow in, so I guess maybe that's the most Memphis thing ever. But not because of the lead characters, but just because everything else around it. Like, the, 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 the scene where they're in the parking lot, that was a Crystal Palace parking lot. I grew up going there to roller skate as a kid. So, like, that was definitely the most Memphis thing ever as far as a movie uh, but it's just, it's hard to capture that, like the actors in that movie sucked they, 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 there was nothing <laughs> Memphis really about them just to be honest with you the, the actions were all off and all that shit, but everything else the only thing that was cool, they had 3-6 Mafia in there, so <laughs> that, that was pretty cool, but I, the, 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 the scenes themselves where they shot the movie, there was also a script joint in the movie that I may or may not have driven by once or twice. That movie takes me back to Memphis a lot. Not because of, like I said, the actors or the plot or anything like that, but just the scenes themselves. So, like I said, it's hard to put Memphis in a box, really. If you go there, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about.
2: And that's also the movie that gave us uh, not just, we don't call them Three Six Mafia now, now they're Academy Award winning Right, right.
0: I, I, I That was disrespectful on my part. That's okay. Uh, we know what you meant. It's
2: okay. DJ Paul, Juicy J. I'm sorry. Andy, do you have an answer to this question? The most Memphis thing that you've ever seen?
1: Barbecued spaghetti.
2: I'm sorry. Pardon? Could you back up?
1: Barbecued spaghetti. interstate and barbecue shop do that. And there's, there. I actually had some in Kansas over the weekend, but the dudes came from Memphis. That's how they learned how to make it. Um, but yeah, it's basically so think skyline chili, except replace the chili with some sort of smoked meat, and you you put the so the barbecue sauce is the sauce, but you can't just dump it on there. You got to kind of spin it so that it's just lightly coating the noodles, and you got barbecue spaghetti, Memphis
2: tradition. Okay, I mean, God, that, I, I I was picturing somebody just putting like raw pasta. Into a smoker or something. <laughs> so this this turned out a lot better than I well, thought it was going well,
1: to. One of the two Memphis places actually makes it in this the whole deal in the smoker. <laughs> I think they boil the noodles first, but then they put the noodles in the smoker too. I hadn't I hadn't been there. I I do want to try that though.
3: Good. Have Have you ever? Either of you ever encountered anything, uh, any barbecued thing more wild than that? I sure haven't.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, I've eaten face before. Like so, human face or no pig face? These are, yeah. like, <laughs> at that Petty's bar, Petty's barbecue in Starkville, Mississippi. If you if you order Snoop, that's what Snoop is the face.
2: Wow, I, th- I mean, not that I imagine a lot of European tourists are winding up in Starkville, but for the ones that I, do, I wish they were. <laughs> I mean, that, you know what? That's true. We should we should start a campaign to convince like some tourism board in. I don't know, Austria or something. Like, yeah, if you really want American culture, New York, L.A., skip it. Just go to Starkville. Like, we can organize this trip for you. It's cheap. You're going to really get an idea of what America's like. And just, just drop them off and say, all right, <laughs> we'll see you in a week. <laughs>
1: you, you you might see Fred Smoot roll up to the Hilden Garden Inn and Rolls Royce. Because <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs>
3: as we all know, Fred Smoot is, of course, the mayor and like local deity of starkville, That's mississippi. Right. Uh, the 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 man who is above all laws, uh, governmental and 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 physical. He's the Surgeon General of the city. I, I have a question for you, gentlemen. Um from Thomas Holsterman on Twitter, I, I think I'm reading in what his first initial is. It's T. It could be anything. Uh, what's the best food one should eat to be in peak piesman shape? And for anyone who doesn't know, the piesman is, of course, our award administered by Ryan uh, for the, the greatest athletic achievement by a lineman doing a, a non-lineman thing.
1: I mean, it's pie, right? could be pecan pie or it could be like a some kind of meat pie, but it's it's got to be pie.
0: I'm going to go with peanut butter. Like anything that has <laughs> peanut butter in it. It could be a peanut butter pie. It could be a peanut butter cheesecake. It could a be peanut, peanut butter cake. pie, peanut
1: chocolate butter peanut cookies. butter pie.
0: Yeah, look, yeah. as long as it has peanut butter in it, that is a fat guy meal right there. Is that is, so, that, is that
2: because you get, you get to lie to yourself and be like, well, peanut butter has protein, so you protein.
0: Know. There you go, protein. It's true. Now, one one of my ideas, I've had,
1: you know, several gone through several thoughts on this of what heaven looks like yeah but one of so a peanut butter meal this is not a peanut butter dessert but one of the ideas that i've i've decided heaven looks like is there's a loaf of bread in front of you and a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly and it's all yours that's it like that's heaven right there an entire loaf of bread with a jar of peanut butter and jar of jelly.
0: Man, if the if if this... you're gonna have unlimited supply of milk to go with that, like you, you yes, you gonna have something oh. to drink with that? You are that's gonna be hell real fast. It's gonna turn from oh, you Yeah, you won't be able to talk much. it will be yes, hard
2: to get it down toward the end of the loaf. So this is this is the this is the theology portion of the podcast, as everyone knows. <laughs> um, I do. So I have a. This is a question of my own. In my heart, I like to believe that linemen on both sides of the ball growing up were not necessarily linemen. Some of them played running back. Some of them played linebacker, quarterback, whatever. And I want to know first, for the two of you, Did you play, were you a lineman pretty much from the time you started playing organized football or did you have stints at other positions?
0: I was a linebacker uh, back in the day. And what Tennessee used to do, is it, it's funny, I always talk about this, is they will recruit guys from other positions and then they would they would change you, but they would do it real smooth, like, because like, they know guys really don't want to change positions. You know, you came out of high school as a linebacker, you want to play linebacker the same way as your running back. They'd be like, you know, uh, Steve, you're looking real good at linebacker, but but we want to maximize your potential. So we want you to get up a little bit closer to the line so you can get to the fastest. Move up a little bit closer. Okay, a little bit closer. I want you to do Because we want to make sure you have great memories. A little bit more. Bring Okay, put your hand down and then rush the pass. You know I mean? so this, it's, it's sort of like how you teach a kid to ride a bike
2: and you're like, I'm holding on. Yeah, I'm totally holding on. Definitely holding on. Not letting go. Nope, not at
3: all. Yep, now you're swimming in the 12-foot
0: section. <laughs> now it's a little, it seems to be a little bit more specialized with all these camps and stuff like that. And so, you know... You kind of recruit guys to play what they're going to play in college. But back in my day, I mean, if you was a linebacker, you probably came there as a running back. Or if you was a defensive lineman, you probably came there as a a linebacker or a tight end or something. So uh, that's changed a little bit. But, yeah, back in the day, I don't think anybody came there and played what they were supposed to, except for maybe offensive linemen.
1: So I was too fat to play Pop Warner. So when I started playing football in high school, I was immediately put on the offensive line. Uh, And then when I got to college, I was too small to play offensive line because for, like, four blessed years, I had the highest metabolism ever, and now I don't anymore. But then I did, and no matter what I ate, I couldn't gain past, like, 245, 250. So I should have been a tight end or a middle linebacker, but I couldn't run. So, ergo, walk on guard who could never play.
2: I take it, um, Andy, you have not had any... Have, well I shouldn't assume that's not fair have you had your own Piesman moment whether it was in practice or you know whatever where you, where no, you got to transcend the, the, your role
1: no the only time there was one time in high school when the, the tailback fumbled in the end zone and I had the ball behind my back and I had it you know in my arm and our fullback picked it up or like grabbed it away from me and started dancing with it
3: <laughs> you got man. you got Piesman, you got Piesman. <laughs> You did the reverse Pisman. Oh my
2: god, he got stunted on. That's that's brutal. Steve, I know get the, get
3: you... You did the vegetable man.
2: I know, I mean, I know Steve has had a pisman. Steve had, like, a pretty notable pisman moment in a playoff game, no less, but what is, like, <laughs> what is the one that... is there one that sticks out to you a moment at any level where you were like, yeah, you know, I got my hands on the ball... And I was really proud of this thing I was able to do.
0: The one you alluded to is actually the only one. Like, I, I came close a couple of times, but I never really got, like, an interception or picked up a fumble much. But in 1999, in the NFC Championship game, first play of the game, they tried to throw a screen. And because I was a little slow and so I didn't really get up the field that much, it worked out perfectly for me because I was right there <laughs> to catch the ball and still a <laughs> partial fault. So, literally, the first play of the NFC Championship game, I get an interception. And, you know, we didn't get a touchdown. We kicked the field goal, which is probably some of why we lost that game. But, hey, you know, if things have going different, I might have actually, you know, been somebody. People might have (laughs) actually been doing (laughs) that. But but you could have told me nothing right after that play, though. I I was going off and celebrating and everything. He had those (laughs) The day about celebrating, I'd have got probably thirty yards instead of fifteen yards to celebrate. So I was and everything, yeah. And when the reality was, I just didn't get a good pass for it. So I just. I just <laughs> but nobody needs to know that. That's not important. Right? You know.
3: That's, details. I think that's how you drew it up.
2: All the casual fans saw was you made you made a great play on the ball.
0: Doesn't really matter why you were there. I saw the commentary out like, the replay, the commentary. Oh, the commentators thought I sniffed it out. That was the word. He sniffed it out. Yeah, I sniffed it out. <laughs> no, I do no, no. okay. and, and, and
3: then do you yourself. go to the running backs coach and say, like, hey, see anything you like there? <laughs>
0: Yeah, nah, I I wouldn't go in there for. Him. <laughs> I, I knew my limitations. I was I was very self aware about that.
2: I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring the mood down slightly with this question. Not too bad though. This is from Ben Delman at Ben Delman on Twitter. Is there anything you wanted to accomplish during the off season that you haven't yet? And Jason, oh, Lord, I'm gonna start you with this question.
3: Oh my God. Oh. so the um yeah the off season, it's very short. It, it you might think it's months long, and you might think it lasts from uh, like right after signing day through today or so, but it actually doesn't. It's actually about three weeks long. Um, so yeah, you know, wanted to uh, when we we've we, we've we've been talking for a while about like we got to see some national parks, we got to get out west, which that's where Spencer is tonight, by the way. Uh, in case you're, we're about what 17 minutes in, we'll mention where Spencer's yeah. at. He's in Montana. Fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> by, by himself, <laughs> looking for Ted Turner, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we want to go on some cool vacations. We went to Disney that, that, I mean, Andy, I know you're a Disney pro, but man, it, I'm, I'm not cut out for Disney myself.
1: I didn't and, say I like Disney. I, I just come up
3: with ways to tolerate it. Well, you're, you're, you're better at that than I am, but we, 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 we left a lot on the table for next year. A lot of goals to achieve, I guess. That's,
2: that's very college. Fo- that's a very rebuilding college football program. Obviously.
3: We This oh, off season about eight and four, I'd say.
2: Okay. Uh, Andy, what about you? Anything you wanted to do during this off season that you have not gotten to? Yeah,
1: I was going to, I was going to carve out a six pack and, um, just didn't quite get to it. Didn't quite work out.
2: Next year, man. So,
1: yeah, I keep telling myself that one of these years.
2: It's going to, I mean, technology is getting better all the time, so it'll happen for you. Oh, man. the wife just got
1: a machine at work. You know, the wife works in plastic surgery, so right. they just got at work that freezes your fat cells
2: okay so, so. <laughs> heard it
1: and, and then you just pee them out after like four weeks Hang on. and you're
2: supposed to be skinnier
3: so it freezes the it free
2: what it, so you mm-hmm.
3: your body pees out all cold stuff well no I no seen, when I they're the, fat the, the
1: cells die and they, they, they they they're frozen they die they just they liquefy and then once they warm back up they liquefy and then your your body just processes them out as waste. So allegedly those fat cells are gone. Now, you can still get fat again by refilling the remaining fat cells, but supposedly this this does make you a little skinnier. So, uh, I'll be curious to see if it actually works. I don't know if it'll if I'll get to be a guinea pig or not, but there had there have been opportunities occasionally for that sort of thing hey, so it's,
2: it's just journal- it's just journalism you're just ex- you know out there exploring the unexplored there's nothing wrong with that that's right um so-
1: and i and I don't care if I do it fake if I do it the fake way if I don't do it with with hard work oh because it, it's still a six-pack yeah if you didn't know me before you're like dang
2: that guy's got some nice abs.
1: Oh, the, not, the haters... I bet, I bet he froze those off because his wife happens to work <laughs> in, the, in a plastic surgery practice.
2: No. No, the haters are going to say he cheated, but you know what? They say that about Nick Saban, too. Roll Tide. Um, <laughs> Steve, what, 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 is, what did you have mm. on your off-season accomplishment list that did not get checked this year? Uh...
0: You know what? I, I pretty much did it all. Look at so you. uh this is—I was actually productive. I, I didn't really have a choice, but <laughs> but I was—I was actually pretty productive this summer. Maybe the only thing uh, I was supposed to teach my daughter how to drive, and that didn't really get done. But hey, we're still alive, so uh, we, we'll, we'll <laughs> live to try that another time. I, I'm not so—you know—I'm I'm a little nervous about that, so uh, I might just let somebody else teach her how to do that because yeah. I, I, my nerves bad, real bad. So. Uh, but other than that, man, I, I was, did pretty much what I was trying to do. I actually lost about, uh, and it's not to pat myself on the back, but I did lose about thirty pounds. So I'm actually nice. back to just being fat instead of obese, <laughs> like morbidly <laughs> obese.
3: What was your What was your go to training method, and and your uh, and your and your meal plan?
0: Um, I, I don't eat after uh, seven, and uh, I'll just like do my own little workouts. Not the while out. You play football for a while especially if you're in, like, a college program or whatever uh, or, you know, pro program, you kind of learn what to do kind of on your own. You don't really need a workout program. So I I tried to work out two or three times a week, and then I would walk or or jog twice or two or three times a week, and uh, it it worked out. Look, I'm going to tell you something. If you're living in Florida and you can't lose weight, something's wrong. Because it, it's hot here all the time, hot and humid. All you have to do is go outside, you're going to lose about five pounds <laughs> of water weight regardless, I promise you. I was going to so say,
2: this, it is, this is predicated on people in Florida going
0: outside in the summer. So Yeah, you, you, you actually have to step outside now, don't get me wrong. But if you want to lose some weight, you just walk around the block. You'll lose about two or three pounds just of water weight just like this. So, um, but thankfully, hopefully I'll be able to actually keep it off this time because that's been my problem. You know, all that peanut butter and stuff. uh, I'm trying to get off this yo-yo situation where I can just stay down now. Like I said, I'm just fat now. I'm not morbidly obese anymore, so I'm trying to stay in that little wheelhouse.
2: Yeah, going outside in Florida in the summer, everyone is that kid in high school who is trying to cut weight for wrestling in extreme ways. (laughs) Like, you are the kid wearing a garbage bag and constantly spitting into a cup. Well, that's it. If, you, if you've
1: seen the show bloodline on on netflix it's set in, in the keys and alamorada and that's the one part of that show they get right everybody is sweating their ass off like they didn't they didn't stop the cameras and be like, like oh coach taylor we need to mop your brow here right, right. you got some sweat stains on your shirt we'll change a new shirt no no it's like keep
2: it rolling keep it rolling it oh, uh, good let's get some good spread on the back there that's go- oh that's <laughs> perfect <laughs>
3: Exactly. I think between this and Gary Patterson, we talked about sweaty men for about two months straight on this program.
2: <laughs> it's, it's the summer. That's what you, we're supposed to do. Also, Spencer what? usually hosts this program. What else are we going to talk about?
0: <laughs> you, the, can't we, talk, you can't talk about men now, without bro. sweat. Yeah. Exactly. You can't talk about fat guys without sweat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you know.
3: this, this program is for it's for gentlemen who go outside with towels on their shoulders. <laughs> That's who we put on for.
2: And some who go to the movies with the towel on their shoulders. Whatever. There you, go. you can sweat there you anywhere. Steve's recent you know weight loss leads to this next question. this comes from man I do not know how to pronounce this. it's Anita Zaver and there are a lot of R's in there on Twitter and her question is which other programs should be paying their strength coach $600,000 a year which I believe uh, Jason correct me if I'm wrong that's how much it was revealed that uh, Iowa's strength coach is currently getting paid which is a lot that's a lot of money for a strength and conditioning coach. He earns every penny. Why every penny. okay, why is that? I was at
1: their practice last week. I mean, look, they they don't have a lot of the physical gifts that you'll see on an SEC roster. So whatever they're they're doing to get the most out of those guys, they're doing really well at it. So yeah, whatever they're paying him, not enough.
2: All right, so you guys can probably both speak to this. How much have strength and conditioning programs changed since, you know, the mid mid late nineties when you guys were involved in college football to what they are today? Like, what's what are the big changes? What are the big differences?
0: Well, now they they have to kind of be coaches too, like football coaches, because um, of all the different rules changes now, especially during the summer. Um, If if guys want to get together and do seven on seven and stuff like that, you can't have an actual football coach there. Um, But you can have a member of the strength staff there. So, um, you know, those guys have to do more than just uh, put together a a strength and conditioning plan for the players. And a lot of times those guys are kind of um, a go-between between between the coach and the players. Um, Now, that's not always a good thing. I saw a story recently about a, a coach that installed cameras or something, uh, hidden cameras in the oh, weight room yeah, or whatever. Was
2: this is a, a baseball team, I want to say, that did this.
0: Or something like it was weird. Like he was trying to catch guys not doing something or whatever. But, um, you know, if, if a coach, now I, 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 I was a graduate assistant for a year in 2005 with USF here. And so, you know, a lot of times that coach, that that strength coach, will be a guy who could come and tell a position coach or the head coach, hey, this guy's doing this or, hey, this guy's doing that, whether it be negative or positive. And so uh, those guys do a whole lot now. Their role is definitely increased. I don't know if it's increased $600,000 worth because I think, look, most strength coaches think they do a good job, right? I'm sure this guy at Iowa does a good job, but who's to say the guy at Tennessee doesn't do a good job or the guy at UT Martin doesn't do a good job. Um, So, you know, it's all relative, but there's no denying the fact that they do a lot more now than they had to do back when I was playing ball. You know, that's a long time ago. I came out of school in 1995, but – and back then, those guys, that's what they did. They was weight room guys, Period. It's pretty much all they did except for, you know, the agility drills and stuff like that. Now these guys have to kind of go out and monitor these kids actually doing football stuff during the summer because the other coaches can't do it.
1: Yeah, they, they have to play so many roles now. It's like it, they are the observer for everything. They are the go between if you say something in the, in the presence of a strength coach, it's getting back to the head coach. So you got to watch what you say. Um, or you could kind of strategically plant some brown nosing or whatever you need to do. But um, they got to be like the psychologist. They got to be the, the cop, the parent, the guidance counselor, all that stuff they have to do because they're around the players more than anybody else. Uh, and then it seems like in terms of the actual workout, it seems the workouts have changed. They're, they're more position specific now than they used to be. It, it wasn't, it's not really just all the linemen just do this and all the, the because it was before, like the quarterbacks and kickers had a different workout, but everybody else pretty much had the same workout. And it seems like there—it's a lot more position-specific. They have a lot more help, you know. Back in the day, you—you'd have, you know, the head strength coach. He'd have an assistant, maybe like there'd be like two GAs or something. And now it's there's there's the head strength coach, five assistants, uh, however many GAs they're allowed to have in there. And there's I mean everybody's got somebody pushing them through workouts individually. Uh you could kind of, if you were a walk-on, you could kind of sneak through every once in a while back in the day. But Hy- now
2: Hypothetically, you're... you could.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I couldn't for whatever. I I got the worst workout time. It was, you know, when you're a freshman walk-on, you get the worst workout time. So, you know, when you come in at 6 in the morning, you end up getting, like, the, the number two guy. And he, he hates being with you because you're of no use to anyone. <laughs> so he's just mad. And he's just taking
3: it out on you. <laughs> so... But you're, no, no, you're, you're going to be his ticket to the big job because he's going to say, look what I turned this walk on into. And then, wow, you, know, you must you must be well, ready for a promotion. There
1: were walk ons like that. I was not one of those, unfortunately. So I was I was nobody's meal ticket.
3: Psychologist slash strength coach. I think that's the scariest resume line I've ever heard. Yeah.
2: Do all, do, well, all, I, do all strength coaches have to be the most insane person on the coaching staff or is that just like the stereotype that stands out?
1: Oh uh, they're pretty close. <laughs> they're pretty close. Yeah, yeah. There's all there's always that one assistant who likes to take hits off the strength coach's smelling salt.
2: Good. Uh Jason, you got a question for us?
3: Uh let's see. From Mason Dally, Mace J D on Twitter, who's the best fat rapper going right now? Um I'm I'm gonna mention that uh Fat Joe, who's not fat anymore, had a number one song this year. Um Rick Ross, who is not really fat anymore, is also around.
0: I'm gonna go with Killer Mike. Oh yeah, I'm going go Killer Mike. He's still yeah, pretty I, fat. I, he's still pretty I, hefty, I, and, and he puts it down. So
1: I think that, I think that's, that's an point. excellent choice. That's an excellent, and it just makes me really mad that Big Sean's not big.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that that name is a lie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like if, if Big Sean were big, he he might. I I don't think he could overtake
3: Killer Mike, but he might have a chance. But he's skinny. Like, it was cool when Big Boy did it. Like, yeah, we get it. You're not very tall. But Big Sean, he's just an average-sized human. Right. Yeah. It's your average Sean, in in more than one way. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, All right, let's... Oh, this is a
2: question directed to Andy. This is from P. Maramba at PMWearingHats on Twitter. Andy, why the hate for cake donuts?
1: I don't like them. Raised donuts taste better. (laughs) That's that's all there is to it. I, I don't really have a scientific explanation for it or anything. Yeah. I just you give you give me a a chocolate frosted raised donut and a cake donut. I know which one I'm eating.
2: Okay. Is there any redeeming quality to the cake donut, or are we just done with them? Yeah, No, there's interior? some.
1: There's some that are okay. Like the blueberry cake donuts are are usually pretty good. Uh, I but see, I never and and I know people are gonna think this is sacrilege, but. I never liked those little chocolate
2: donuts. The oh, little the, chocolate cake little, donuts the, like. For, the donuts. Yeah, the ones that come in. The yeah, bag like, the, of like the John Belushi.
1: Yeah, like the John Belushi commercial where he's where he's in the Olympics eating little chocolate donuts. Right, yeah. Right. No. I just don't like those. I, I would rather have like a, a a Krispy Kreme or some kind of raised donut. It's just personal preference.
2: Okay.
3: Someone did ask us to evaluate uh, Bojangles versus Popeye's. Oh, boy. boy. Bojangles is trash except for the biscuits. Wow.
1: So. What, t- what time of day is it? That's that's my question. What, what meal are we talking uh, let's about? Say, let's um, say lunch.
3: Let's say lunch. Well, if it's, breakfast you, go. if it's, <laughs> if it's breakfast, breakfast,
1: you go Bojangles. If yeah, it's any other Popeyes time, you go Popeye's.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think another factor is um, how, how big a hurry are you in? Because if if you gotta be out of there in five minutes with your to-go order, well, Popeye's—you never know—you you, you might be leaving empty-handed. I, mean, I think it's worth the wait and it's <laughs> worth the roll of the dice, but uh, Popeye's just is not the place to uh, to pop in and guarantee you'll be popping back out of. Ironically,
1: <laughs> so Pop Popeye's, by the way, is is the best. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to how to explain this or quantify it, but the closest fast food version. Of the best version of that food. So, like, the best fried chicken in the world is Gus's in Mason, Tennessee. Popeye's is not that far off from that.
2: Okay. Popeye's is the closest approximation to the peak of what. Popeye's right. is the closest to the peak of the thing that it's trying to sell you.
1: Exactly. Whereas, exactly.
2: whereas Papa John's, nobody would say is the peak, is, <laughs> is close to the peak it, of pizza it, or something.
1: Exactly. Popeye and, and Popeye's is so much better. On that scale than any other kind of fast food, it, it's not even funny.
2: I mean, people, you know the in and out people are going to fight you on this, right? I think burgers
3: I, are a whole different thing.
2: Why?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, because there's a fast food burger and then there's a, a, a you know, what Hardee's would call a $6 burger. But like a, you know, a restaurant type burger. This is kind of a different category.
3: Okay. I I, like burgers good. and tacos are probably <laughs> exempt from this because like a real cheap taco can still be incredible. But, but it's, like but uh, it's a real, real cheap, cheap chicken, taco. that could be bad if... It's not Popeyes, yeah. <laughs> basically.
0: But listen, I I, I got to shout out. Gus's Good Time Deli makes the best burger I've ever had in my life. It's in Knoxville, Tennessee, and every NF uh, i mean uh, UT football player probably has at one point in time eating at Gus's Good Time Deli. It actually burned down, but they rebuilt it and brought it back. I, I, that Gus's Good Time Deli was one of the reasons why I got moved to defensive end in the first place. <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> look, they deliver all times of the night. Man, listen. Oh, my. Best burgers ever. So it's... if you're ever in Knoxville, it's right on campus, like right off of campus. Ask somebody to tell you how to get the Gustav's Good time Deli.
2: Whoever came up with the yeah. idea of delivering food to college students specifically. Just wrong. It's wrong. Just, just, it's the, wrong. just the, the richest. Like, uh, we I, I, we probably talked about pokey sticks on this program before. Pokey sticks could pokey not be sti- a more crumulent, <clears throat> disgusting. Pokey product. sticks are horrible. <laughs> They're terrible. No, no, no
1: university of Florida graduate will ever admit to eating pokey sticks sober, ever.
2: <laughs> no, nor should you, because that says a lot of things about your personal life that you shouldn't want to admit. Uh, pokey and pokey sticks are the exact example of food that you would never ever eat. At a restaurant. That you would never say, yes, bring me that. But if it's deliverable, and you can eat it with other people...
1: But here's the question, Ryan. And and you're the only other person on this podcast qualified to answer. Yeah. Worst, Worst food that tastes great when you're drunk. Pokey sticks... Or that five star, five star pizza, yeah, pepperoni pizza yeah. that they're selling for five dollars when you walk out of the bar because there's a guy, like a delivery driver with a keep it hot bag, right. standing there, and if you hand him five dollars, he will hand you that pizza.
2: Yeah. Um. So this this is a little bit. I don't know if this this trick still exists at Florida, uh, or if it was around when when you were there. There was a thing where people would uh, call in an order to. Like if we're at, let's say we're at my dorm room and you live next door, you come over to my, my room and we order a five star pizza for your room. And the five star guy shows up, he knocks on your door, you don't answer and he's like, shit. And I open the door and I'm like, hey man, you, oh, you got a pizza there? How much was it? And I, I, I basically buy it on discount. Just so he doesn't... Lowball, a five-star... <laughs> this was the it's thing... It's only $4, this right? Was, this was a thing people did in Florida, because we were all so poor and shitty. This this is why everybody
1: hates Florida grads. It's there, not the jean shorts. It's stuff like this. There
2: are, like, a, lot, there are a lot of reasons why that's, people like Florida That
1: grads. is horrible. So you Okay. So, when I was a freshman after the national championship, for the entire month of January... Yeah a five star cheese pizza was 299 delivered
2: that's so that, that that's approaching of, that's approaching the point where you start to have to question the man, source the, the nine sourcing nine of the ingredients a pizza? that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> hot pockets cost more than that <laughs> there, there, there is so there, the, I,
1: uncle- the, I, the idea of of this of of ryan Low balling a five
2: star hey, Hang on. I didn't say I, I did it. I didn't say I did it. <laughs> Hypothetically low balling a five star said I said I, I, did, I said I saw it happen. I said I saw it happen. You on.
1: participated What's... in the evil. Will That's there all a mirror,
2: too.
1: <laughs> what, what are pokey sticks, by the way?
2: Oh, my God. Uh, it's,
1: it's a pizza without cheese or sauce where they put the sauce in a cup. That's it. Uh, it's it's brushed with...
2: It, it's brushed... All right, it's... Yes, Andy's describing it roughly accurately. It, they take a pizza crust. It's a little puffier than most pizza crusts. They brush it in basically butter and herbs, and they bake it like that. So it's a big thing of... Kind of like garlic bread, but like the laziest, shittiest garlic bread you've ever had. <laughs> They cut it. In, they cut it into strips, sort of like French toast sticks, and you get it in a pizza box. And then you dip it in. It comes with, uh, I believe, marinara sauce and ranch dressing. And people, people <laughs> eat this. People eat these. Like, it is absolutely the thing that you will look back on at your time in Florida more so than more so than any terrible alcoholic beverage you had, and say, "Why did I put that in my body?" It's it's a horrifying thing, and they probably sell fifty thousand of them a year, conservatively.
1: <laughs> wow. And and, it, and they're only a little bit cheaper than the pizza,
2: right? But the so you pe- really, like instead the pizza- of ordering a pizza and pokey sticks, you should order spend the extra two dollars and order two pizzas. But the pizza's but- terrible. The pizza at Gumbies is terrible. But the stitch are worse because it's pizza without sauce or
1: cheese. Yeah, but yeah. It's I mean, easy. all you
3: got to do is order the five dollar pizza, not show up, have <laughs> someone else show up, across the hall, and have that person back out of that deal. Have someone next to him, offer three dollars, and repeat the process until they pay you yeah. for the five dollar pizza. I'll,
2: I'll take eight. You give me the pizza and eight dollars, and you can walk away. It's walk, all,
3: away. Gains, walk away. walk g- away. Free and clear. It's
1: Gainesville pizza economics.
2: This is. Okay. This is horrifying. Uh, I'm going to ask a serious question now. This one comes from Lorenzo Cortez at Hoya, Texas, on Twitter. Are pro-level coaches right about offensive linemen not having good fundamentals out of college? Pro-level
1: coaches definitely feel that way. Yeah. And with a lot of these up-tempo offenses, they have good reason to feel that way because uh, when it with all these run-pass options, the offensive linemen are basically told. It, it's it's sort of like twenty years. You, you, you block basically the play you would block twenty years ago when you had a three-step drop. You, you fire off the line and then you kind of, you know, it's essentially you block you're showing run even though you might pass. But you're gonna fire off a little harder because it it might actually be a run, and then in some cases you might actually be comboing up to a linebacker. But you don't know if it's a run or a pass, so you just have to kind of figure it out. But you're never actually pass setting like an NFL offensive lineman would. And that's a fairly valuable skill. So, you know, if you, if you don't play for Florida State or Stanford or Alabama, you may not be getting that, that skill because you, you're not practicing it every day.
2: Steve, does that sound right to you? I know you do a lot of breakdowns for the draft and yeah. things like that.
0: It's, it's absolutely right. Uh, and he hit the nail on the head. These guys are doing way more run blocking than pass blocking these days. And that's really why I ended up ranking Ronnie Stanley over Laramie Tunsil this year, because I just didn't get to see Tunsil pass block that much, whereas Ronnie Stanley pass block, block quite a bit and looked pretty good at doing it. So, and then you you have some guys where uh, the few times they do get the pass block, their their technique is horrible, and so you're almost like, well, okay, I get it now. I see why you're not pass blocking that much, but. You know, if you're only doing that stuff, and basically you're only run, uh, 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 blocking zone most of the time, so it's not like you're, you're even learning the fundamentals of all the different run blocks you're going to have to do in a lot of cases. So, I now, I had to learn my lesson because I was very high on Greg Robinson because he just looked so athletic. Even though he wasn't pass blocking much, like in the run game, I, I just felt like this dude was so athletic. He would get out there on screens and just maul people. But if when you get to the league, man, it's a passing league. Everybody says that, and it's true. So it's great if you're a role grader, but you're gonna end up playing guard more than anything else if you can't pass block in the NFL. That's if you actually, if they actually keep you around. So uh, now, what's the solution to that? I don't know because so many teams are going to these spread option offenses because it's easier to teach, obviously. And you don't have to have that uh, great left tackle to block for your, for your uh, quarterback if you're doing all these run-pass options. So uh, I'm not sure that it's going to change. I'm not sure how they fix that. But 100% for sure, the, these offensive linemen these days are definitely coming out with, with lesser technique because they're not being asked to do nearly as much as guys used to be asked to do.
1: And, and that's the tricky part is the NFL coaches have to figure out, okay, who's smart enough and athletic enough to learn this skill? Because you may miss on a guy because you, you think, oh, he wasn't in that offense, and then he becomes a great NFL player because he works on it, he's smart, and he figures it out. But, I mean, it, that makes it a pretty tough deal to project because, like Steven was saying, Greg Robinson looked like a, just a phenomenal athlete. You're thinking, okay, he's so athletic, he has to be able to pick this up. And hasn't
2: I use the awkward segue about blocking to talk about a real sensitive subject here. We're gonna we're gonna rip this band-aid off, guys. Uh we don't do I Jason, is it fair to say that we've never done anything worthwhile on this program?
3: Hell no, not okay. a thing.
2: Okay. Um Steve, I gotta tell you it came to our attention day. You got our boy Andy blocked on Twitter, and we just want to talk about it and just <laughs> ask, ask you to open up your heart and, and let him back into your, your time. What did I do? That's all what we, did I do? Yeah,
0: we just want to, you I'm know. i honest with you. I, I don't even – I didn't even realize it until you just said something. <laughs> okay. Well,
1: I, Steve, Steve, you're not missing anything. It's just pictures of food. So it's okay if you don't – you. You will not. It will not enrich your life at all if you if you unblock me.
3: I mean, Andy, you caught a stray. I probably sure. said
1: something stupid about Tennessee. Would be
0: my guess. Might, might have been. No, yeah, I mean like he hasn't.
2: He, has block- he hasn't blocked Spencer though.
3: So.
0: <laughs> oh, listen, <bro. laughs> but, well, that, I mean. But <laughs> <Well, laughs> I, well, I thought about it a couple. Of times. <laughs> you know, like, See, what? I. I
1: I, I prefer I prefer the mute I prefer the mute feature because it feels like you can torture that person more by muting them, because it's somebody who wants to get under your skin. So if you mute them, they're they're going to continue trying to to get under your skin, the shat- and then they just can't. The they're just yeah
2: yeah. And
3: it feels into the more void. Because why deprive them of your content? Why, why, why would you do that I have you a
0: Different perspective on that. And, and this goes back to before we even had the mute function. And this isn't about Andy, obviously. But I, I, I like the feeling of when you got mad at somebody, you hung up on them, you could slam the phone down and they could kill you, right? <laughs> You know, somebody's at the door, you throwing them out. Or <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, 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 Martin back in the day, you got to get the step and he slammed the door behind him. I want him to know, <laughs> like, I, I, sometimes I'll mute them if if they're not, like, really offending me or, or really upsetting me. I'll mute them because I have the option now. But before, when you only had a block, I, I was so quick to block people because i just be like, I want you to know, like, when you come I want to say something else. I want to look at my time. I want you to be like, oh, what just happened? <laughs> Whoa, that kind of hurt in my chest. I want to, why? Why, why am I blocked, right? So I feel that feeling. Right? Whereas the mute
2: function is more like when you're talking on the phone to somebody and they're just going on and on and you just put the phone down, but you don't hang it up and you just let them keep talking while you're like doing dishes and you just like pick it up every five minutes and just go, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, and just put the phone back down. That's the
3: mute function today. You, you know who I accidentally blocked, a, and I, I, a, a similar circumstance. I the other day I realized Twitter shows you a list of who all you've blocked. I don't know how new this feature is, but I just found it. Um, I blocked Phil Steele at some point. <laughs> really? God, God knows why. Uh, unblocked him immediately. Now the block list is, is, just, is so the like, block list now is just Darren Ravel and Pierce Morgan. But I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I have no idea why in the world anyone, because like, what did we get in a Twitter cut? No, like, <laughs> because his tweets are too jam packed with yeah, information. Yeah. I just couldn't, couldn't handle the information. Yeah,
2: the self preservation block is the other good thing to do. Where this is this is my favorite thing now. Where people are like, "Oh, you blocked me," and I've never even interacted with you. I guarantee you have interacted with somebody I know, and I was just like. No, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna save myself this trouble. It's sort of like reading a Yelp review for a restaurant you've never been to and somebody's like, there were cockroaches in the food. The restaurant's not gonna call me and be like, hey, how come you've never come to our restaurant? You need to give us a chance. Like, (laughs) no, I can learn from others. I don't have to, like, not everybody has to give this a go.
3: Yeah, like the what, oh, he's so petty. Blocked me. I never interacted with him. Well, like you can go and get somebody else's block list and use it. You can go block everyone. Bomani Jones has blocked just which, by you know flipping one switch. if you, you do, know, if flip, you do that, it's a switch. long list.
0: That's a long.
3: And then Twitter has like nine people, so that's that's a nice <laughs> exclusive club.
0: Because <laughs> like Spencer, me and Spencer uh, and Holly were, were joking about that the other day, but like I, I'm so quick to block. It, it's not even a thing to me anymore. Like I, I just. I subconsciously block people now. It, it just comes so effortlessly. And I'm like, I don't know what they... Like, I'm, I am I might have set the record. Like, one day, I got FSU Twitter mad at me. Oh, no. And they were... Oh, went, no, no. No. Why were you talking about so those?" I basically went down the line. I didn't even check the mentions after a while. I just blocked everybody. <laughs> right? I'm like, I didn't even care. Like, you might not even... They might not have even been saying something bad, but it was just like yeah, you look like a Seminole. Yep, block. <laughs> I, I, it just, it's too easy. Yeah, it's too easy for me because I, I kind of feel like, you know, it's overrated anyway to be able to interact with all these people. Most of these people are, are, are just, they're annoying. Man, you talking about, look, I, you know, I've covered the Bucks very closely because I'm a former fucking here and I, I really pull for the team. Man, there's some Bucks fans that are just annoying. annoying like, <laughs> can't you cannot please them and so look is it's just like yeah, i'm gonna go ahead and block you and, and and you'll be fine and i'll be fine and we'll be both fine we just won't interact
2: i mean look steve you don't have to do anything just search your heart i,
0: like say, I don't even know why I'm not just, just decide um, just decide if you I want know what you were talking about. somebody <laughs> said something else about it earlier and i I, you know, I was kind of oblivious like what well, that's what the, the only reason I knew is 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 they said you know we were
1: going to be on the show together. So I'm like, oh, because well, I, I read your stuff on SB Nation. And I was like, I was like, oh, what did he said on Twitter today? And, and I click on it, and it's like you are blocked from seeing. It. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey man,
0: <laughs> <It's>, it, <laughs> look, look it's, like, it's, it's, yeah,
1: a little, a little sting it's, in my heart. Yeah,
0: you're like, man, why did they? I, I just happened to meet the other day. I promise. I was like. Man, what what did I do? But but I got too much pride to ask. But I was like, mm, that was that. Why I had to sit in the corner for a little while to, and meditate. I'm just look, <laughs> Andy. I'm
2: just I'm just happy uh, Tennessee uh, got a victory over Florida finally. Um let oh, that's...
1: oh. Yeah, I, just... I think I think he just blocked you. I think, I think celebrity <laughs> yeah, hot tub
0: just Steve, got blocked. I, block I didn't you. say it. I didn't ooh, say it. Ooh. But he did it on here, so I can't block him on here. That's so I'm not, I'm not gonna do it on Twitter. You, you can plug your ears. I also made sure I, I also made
2: sure my wife who went to Tennessee is not in the room right now. So was clutch. Um Alright, I'm gonna get do this one from uh Sam Lap or Spike. This is a semi-serious question, but uh he this Twitter user would like your opinion about Jimbo Fisher's comment replaying uh, FCS schools which um Jason do you do you remember exactly what his his words were on this I have I can sort of summarize it briefly it, Yeah but, it, it was it,
3: it, Jimbo was commenting on like the the idea that FBS you know that Power 5 should only play Power 5 FBS only FBS and so on uh, and his point was sort of the the economics of the sport is designed that you know Uh, You know, FCS schools can sort of support D2. FBS can support FCS. Power 5 can support mid-majors by playing those paycheck games. And and Jimbo is in favor of keeping the, you know, keeping the the ecosystem the way it is where everyone can sort of uh, spread the wealth and, and make sure that these programs can continue to provide scholarships and so forth. Um, so so basically, Jimbo's in favor of things staying the way they are,
2: and and uh, some of his argument was also I believe that if you didn't have these games and you sort of you you'd inevitably reduce the number of colleges that offer football scholarships, and that would in turn mean less kid fewer kids play uh, high school football. That would be bad for the sport as a whole, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Andy, do you agree with Jimbo Fisher? Are are these paycheck games with FCS schools that Frequently, just get steamrolled unless you're Michigan playing upstate. Uh, are they good <laughs> or are they bad? Well, I,
1: I don't care if you play one of them a year. I really don't. It doesn't bother me. Now, if you don't, if you want your stands full, you shouldn't play one. If you want people to show up, you shouldn't play one. But I do understand that, and it's interesting. The guy who asked the question, so Sandlapper Spike, Sandlapper suggests he's a South Carolinian. Uh-huh. Like in that state, if the ACC and the SEC said you can't play FCS schools anymore. The state of South Carolina would simply mandate that Clemson and South Carolina had to play Wofford in the Citadel. So like in a lot of states that they would pass a law forcing you to do it. Listen, man. because the last the way thing we
3: need is South Carolina making it its own rules. Listen, man, <laughs>
2: exactly. I think we all learned so, that the Citadel, the Citadel is an SEC level program, at least as of last year, as of last year, that's correct. So let's give them some credit here. Um, yeah, I, I I think I I think that's right. Just having having an, a, the occasional one of these is not the biggest deal in the world. It also I I really find it interesting when people suggest that the label of F, FBS or Power Five that that these are clean sort of permanent. Groupings that always indicate higher quality. I mean there are definitely years where North Dakota State is better than a lot of FBS teams and is better than some power five teams as well. So to me it's less about are you playing FCS schools and it's more a question of when you play these games. How many of them are you, how many times are you playing the team that you know you're going to just destroy because they have nobody on the roster, because they are a brand new program, are just getting their feet wet? And how many times are you playing an uh, FCS school that has a real shot at going to the playoffs or has a history of being competitive in these kind of games? And and that's the sort of thing that gets lost in this arbitrary distinction of what which division or, well, or sub conference right. you're in.
0: The other thing that that it does, too, is allow some of these guys at those lower levels to play against better competition, which gives then talent evaluators a a better opportunity to give them a fair evaluation. You know, if they only were able to play guys, you know, FCS could only play FCS, then there will always be somebody screaming, well, they couldn't do that against the SEC tackle. And I go back and think about a guy like, for instance, Khalil Mack. And he was fantastic on his team, but when he really made people uh, uh, pay attention was when he had the big game against Ohio State, right? And, and that was probably the only game they played on TV that year. But um, some of these guys, man, they need those opportunities. The team might be terrible, but they might have one or two guys on their team that can actually showcase their talents against a SEC team as well. So um, I just think that it's good for football. You don't have to, you know, you're not going to load up your schedule with that. And and these days with, you know, uh, uh, the the, the college football playoffs and stuff and the way that they go into calculating that, the top teams I don't think would go that route anyway because they're trying to get into the playoffs. But nobody's going to really try to load up on these guys. But there's nothing wrong with playing one of those games a year. and, 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 And there's just... There's there's a lot good to it, from the things that y'all mentioned, and also, like I said, giving some of these players at, 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 at uh, uh, lower division schools an opportunity to shine against better competition.
3: I think Nick Saban was the one who started this, like, Power 5 should only play Power 5, and everyone says, yes, it sounds great, it's nothing but big games, but, like, I mean, I, I believe he really means that, but I think... Like anyone else making this case, well, okay, go ahead and agitate to boot Kansas or Wake Forest or Oregon State or uh, Vanderbilt from your conference. Then make your conference tougher, and then come talk. You know what I mean? Like, if if your conference has teams that that are just woefully bad and will always be bad, what do, what are you what what argument are you really making? You know, if if you're telling everybody else who not to play. Uh, if you know if if you're the one validating these mediocre programs as deserving of special status,
2: fair enough. Uh, Jason, you got one last question for us to give these guys before we go.
3: I do, and let's let's start with Steve here. I, I got a good sense uh, about Steve on this one. From Chi Delt on Twitter, uh, CW wants to know most low-key adorable animal, and uh, CW says raccoons.
0: Oh man! Oh man! No! 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 It can't be a raccoon. <laughs> They're they're they listen, they're sneaky and devious and they got rabies. It can't be a rat.
3: <laughs> That's extremely low key.
0: Right. It's, just, it's, it's like all the way out of key is so low key. But um <laughs> uh, man. there was this rodent actually the other day. I can't remember the name of it, but I you know, I follow all these accounts that tweet pictures of cute little animals or whatever. And it almost made you not realize it was a rodent. It was so cute. you know. It almost looked like a cartoon. Um, but it, it's like uh, an oversized rodent, which I guess means it's sort of like a rat. It sounds like a capybara. Right, I yeah. was just saying, we're yeah, talking yeah, about capybara? Exactly
1: they're they're
0: adorable. They're adorable. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. I, I couldn't remember the name to save my life. But, yeah, it, the other day I just tweeted, retweeted it out, so. Yeah, it was very adorable. I had to like. I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cute for a rat."
3: (laughs) (laughs) This is a rodent identification podcast, right?
2: (laughs) I do find the the mouse rat distinction really perplexing in terms of like what people think is cute and not. Like, uh, sure, rats are huge and frequently found in filthy places, but like. If you tell somebody like oh there's a, you know there's a mouse in the garage they're like okay well you know I'm going to I'm going to go get some some peppermint oil or something like that. If you tell somebody there's a rat in the oh
3: man like get the shotgun.
2: Get the shotgun, with the flame get the get the gun from aliens that has the flamethrower. Yeah, we're going to oh we got to find the Sell the, queen. the house. <laughs> you know?
3: It's yeah, an a mouse, Oh, that's Mickey Mouse. That's Pikachu. Oh, we we got it. We got to corral it and release it back into the wild, or maybe we'll keep it. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, a, he... a rat. No. Nah. Now, if there's a copy bar in your base in your basement, then you can like you know make the neighbors pay to come in and see it that's and write it.
2: You can you can
3: if, you can if, open a daycare. If
1: there if there's a copy bar in your basement, you should just run <laughs> because something's wrong. There's probably a Burmese python there too. <laughs>
2: I told you we shouldn't have moved into this abandoned South Florida animal shop. Uh, Andy, what's the most low-key cute animal?
1: Hedgehog. Oh. That's perfect. Yeah. But the the raccoon thing is, is insane. Like, when have you ever seen a raccoon in the wild that's not trying to jump into a garbage can?
3: Yeah, I mean, I would for our friend cw i would wonder what part of the world he he, he, i believe it's he uh is from because i'm I'm standing on my back porch right now and i am looking over at a spot where one day i looked over and saw a raccoon looking at me like with its their eyes glow at night because they're they're filled with with demons (laughs) and rage (laughs) and it wasn't about it i i i came out and like before my foot even fell in my next step i was already whirled back around like nope this is your backyard now